The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on? Not much, man. Just sitting over here, just excited. A lot of a lot of great stories out there today, man. Uh, just ready to dive into this uh, show and uh, get ready for the holiday. Man, there's so many things to talk about. But you know what, Sam? I want to talk about something I told you about a couple years ago. And I told you that the New England Patriots and the newfound two tight end offense would not be very successful for very long because the tight ends that they have are such tall athletes. They're almost like power forwards in, in, in the NBA. You know, these guys are 6'7", 6'8", and 260 pounds. And if you're a defensive back and you're tackling someone that's 6'7", 6'8", 260 pounds, you're not going to hit them in the hip. You're not going to hit them in the waist. You're not going to hit them in the chest. You're going to hit them low, baby. Hit them low. And when you hit him low, he has to brace himself with his arms, his forearms. So, man, we see a lot of these tall guys end up having problems with their knees and their and and their and their arms and shoulders because they they get abused because they they it almost like chopping a tree down. When you chop a tree down, it goes down head first, and that's how these guys go down, man. And I just don't see Gronkowski having a a, a much. He's not going to have much longer with the um, New England Patriots if if these injuries continue to go on. Well, I don't know if he's not going to have much longer uh, with the Patriots. He's been very unfortunate. Uh, he just had his fourth uh, surgery on his uh, forearm. Uh, the good thing uh, for uh, Gronk and the Patriots is there's no infection. The infection is gone. Uh, I think they're going to replace the plates. Uh, but uh, another area of concern is uh, he had a minor uh, back surgery. And uh, you know how they say that, that no surgery is minor. And uh, anytime you go under the knife, uh, you never know what doctors are going to find. Uh, I, I really feel in uh, Rob Gronkowski's uh, case, he's been very uh, injury prone. And uh, it, it does raise an area of concern. But uh, you, you're talking about one of the best tight ends in the game uh, when he's healthy. Uh, he's To me, he's put up Hall of Fame numbers over the course of his uh, short career. Uh, he has been injured, but uh, he, he has still been very productive. And, uh, and if he, he has to go out and show that he can stay healthy. And, uh, you know, uh, him and the Patriots, they're going to have to do everything they can to make sure that uh, he gets through this season. Uh, and uh, he, he's a big part of everything they do uh, on offense. And uh, he, he's 
I, I know Brady is uh, definitely hoping that he returns well, but they also have another tight end in uh, Aaron Hernandez. That's a big part of that system. And uh, you did mention he's a taller guy. Uh, he has uh, had a lot of injuries, but uh, I don't know if it have anything to do with his height. I mean, it's, it could be just a case of a, a bad luck and misfortune. Yeah, it could be a case of bad luck and misfortune, but um, Gronkowski has a history of injuries, even dating back to college. That you know, he was a second-round pick when some people thought he should have been a first-round pick, but because of the backs, the back situation, the um, you know, it, it dropped him down to the second round. And now we look at him dealing with a a situation where last year, two years ago in the Super Bowl, he could not play because of an injury. This year in the playoffs, he gets hurt because of an injury. And so now, you know, the, the New England Patriots have to be saying that old Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately? You know, and they got to be looking at it like, hey, we're going to put up with this maybe one more year. If he has injuries throughout this year, I think we're looking at the end of um, Gronkowski with uh, New England. I, I think one of the um, the biggest surprises to me with the whole uh... – Gronkowski situation is how quick the Patriots were to uh, renegotiate his contract. Uh, you know, at the time, it seemed like they were getting a bargain when they signed him to the six-year, uh, $53 million contract extension. But, uh, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe if they would have waited, they would have uh, not maybe. If they would have waited and been a little bit more patient, they would have been able to sign him to a, uh, a deal that would have been more uh, – beneficial for the uh, New England Patriots. I really don't feel that uh that they're going to re uh that they're going to let him go if he's uh if he's hurt again this year because they're going to take too much of a cap hit. Yeah, that that is true. They, but uh, Sam, they're not going to keep these damaged goods around because it's only going to hurt the program. Yep. But um you know, there's another story out this week, Sam, yeah. where Mario Williams is looking at a $750,000 engagement ring on a girl that he's not with anymore, and she refuses to give it back. Hey, man, you know, $750,000, that's a lot of money. I don't know if I would give that ring back either, but uh, in this case, the young lady says that Mr. Williams promised her that uh, or text her, told her father and brother that it was okay for her to keep the ring. Now, if someone tell you that you can keep a ring that's worth $750,000, you're not giving that ring back or $785,000 in this case, you're not going to give that ring back. Uh, and, you know, there has been a lot of uh, verbal fights in the media and the press. And this young lady decided to release uh several text text messages from Mr. Williams uh, showing that he was not in a very uh, good mental state and how he was saying that uh, he don't know, he's thinking about ending it and, you know, he's taking several uh, narcotics, uh, pain pills to deal with the pain uh, from the game. So, uh, you know, this is just not a good look on uh, on either side. You know, I thought it was a written rule that once the engagement is off, the ring comes back to you. Hey. I could be wrong about this, but that's, I just thought that was a written rule, Sam. If it's a written rule, but he said, hey, you know, there's no problem. Go ahead, keep the ring. You know, we, we don't know what happened. We don't know the dialogue that took place between the two parties. All we're going off of is hearsay. 
I know, I know that this young lady, and, and that's the thing about text messaging, you know, you have to be careful in the, in the day and age that we live in with social media. Uh, if you text someone and on the iPhone, you can do a screenshot. And you can put all the messages out there, and it's just as clear as day. Now, is Mario Williams going to say he didn't say some of the things that were? I haven't seen the text, but obviously, if her attorney took the initiative to release the text, that there's something there. And uh, and they're, what they're really doing is they're building a case, and they're trying to paint Mr. Williams in a negative way. And, uh, you know. Like they say, the eye in the sky don't lie. The text messages ain't gonna lie either. So now is Mr. Williams gonna come back and say somebody hacked the cell phone and uh text her that's saying that uh he wasn't taking uh hydrocodones and wasn't wasn't in the right mindset? Well, you know, I think Mario Williams, man, he 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 needs to get himself together because his play on the field in the last last year was definitely not that of the caliber of the money he got paid. You know, he's making a lot of money, and he's not producing a lot. Um, now, I'm not – by no means am I hating the player for what he got. I'm happy with what he got. I'm happy for him for getting what he got. But maybe this is one of the reasons he was not at the top of his game last year. And these kind of distractions, man, they really take away from your game. And, and now, you know, those are very strong allegations when someone says that you're contemplating suicide so you know that this is a serious matter you know this isn't something to to joke about and uh you know regardless of the contract i just hope that uh mario is uh he's in the right mindset but when you are distracted that's going to take away from your production on the field and you know if you're going through relationship problems if you're having any type of problems they can uh lead to the field uh regardless of how focused you are you know these things kind of manifest and it, it can become a big distraction and uh you're already under the gun for signing one of the D richest contracts in the history of the NFL uh, for a defensive player. And, uh, you know, uh, early on, he, he kind of struggled. Uh, he picked it up uh, later on in the year, but, uh, you know, everybody's watching and, uh, you know, he's saying that these texts are being taken out of context, but uh, all we know is what we see in the Texas. Yeah. And that's true, ma'am. And, <clears throat> And I look at it like with this woman, if she has a, a $785,000 ring, the sale back has to be at least, she has to be able to get at least, what, three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 for this ring. You know, I think that's, you know, 400000 can get you off to a pretty good start after a millionaire leaves you. Hey, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're not together. Regardless of he said, if you can keep the ring, uh, uh, I, 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 you know, it, it's kind of tough at the same time. We don't know what this young lady has been put through, all the stuff that she had to deal with. Uh, it, it's easy to say, hey, just give the ring back. You guys aren't together. But at the same time, uh, she had a lot invested in this. And uh, when, when you ask someone to marry you, you're pretty much sure that that person's going to say they're going to marry you and uh, you hope that things work out for the best. Uh, in this case, it didn't. And, uh, you know, now they're fighting over a very, very expensive ring. Yeah, they are fighting. over, And, um, you know, and I wish him luck, man. I really do. Because if these kind of things linger over into this season, 
he could get that same kind of label that we look at some other guys have dealt with, like Vince Young. You know, he had a, he had an issue once where some people say he had thoughts of suicide, and that came out in a report once. And he's never been back in the league at, at as the same kind of quarterback he was prior to that. So, you know, I hope this I hope this can uh, get past Mario Williams. I hope he can pay her off or give her a hundred thousand or fifty thousand, eighty thousand, whatever, and get her past get her past it past this and get him past this because he has to get past this so he can get on with his career, man. And tell him it's more fish in the sea. Trust me, bro. Hey, Amen. Especially when you're buying rings like that, but uh Ooh. to take three hydrocodones in, in in one morning, man, that's kind of dangerous. You know, I know he's a big guy, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it's not a good look for Mr. Williams and uh he didn't even have to buy a $785,000 ring. Most women would have been happy with a $50,000, $60,000 ring. But moving on. Hey, uh, Tom Brady, man, he says he's more confident than ever uh, this come, in this coming season. You know he lost his uh, longtime quarterback guru, Tom Martinez. Uh, he's recently hired uh, Tom House, a former Major League Baseball pitcher, to, uh, to work on his storm mechanics and motion. You know Tom Brady is a perfectionist. Over the last three seasons, he's averaged 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and uh, close to 4,700 yards a, uh, a season. <laughs> How do you feel about the Patriots coming into this year? I know they're not one of your favorite teams, but uh, over the last three years, the Patriots are 39 and nine, Daryl, in the last three years. And the only the one mark that they haven't been successful is the one mark that truly counts is in the playoff. But other than that, they have been pretty, pretty much dominant. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I think Tom Brady has been fortunate enough to play under one of the greatest coaches that has been in the NFL in the last 10 years, 15, 20 years. And, uh, and that's Belichick. <clears throat> that Belichick has really revised the game in some cases, man. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best clock managers in the game. Uh, there's no doubt his two tight end set has really changed the structure of offense in the NFL. You see a lot of copycats now going with two tight ends. But I think Belichick has also, and he's also been one of these guys that has, that has scathed the, the, the salary cap to the point where it's always in his, van, his advantage. He's used a draft always. It seemed like he always had more draft picks or some of the best draft picks in the, in the draft. So I think Tom Brady's been fortunate enough to play with this guy, man, play for him. And I don't know about this year, though. I really, I'm really concerned. I, I, I am concerned because I don't think Gronkowski can, can stay healthy. And if he can't stay healthy, I don't see him and Hernandez on the field at the same time. There are no two players that, that can fit that role the way they fit that role. And if they can't stay healthy and be on the field at the same time, this could be a long year for, um, for Tom Brady. I really feel that uh, this is going to be one of the most challenging years uh, for Tom in the aspect that uh, he has lost uh, a very close friend and a very good wide receiver in Wes Welker. Uh, there's questions about Gronkowski. Uh, they brought in Amendola uh, from the Rams to replace Welker. Uh, you know, you do have Aaron Hernandez. But uh, to, to me, what, what has made Tom Brady uh, so great is uh, – if you really look at all the big-time quarterbacks in the National Football League, uh, 
a lot of those guys are surrounded by big time receiving uh, talent. And uh, really, uh, Tom has just kind of made do with what he's had around him, and he's made guys better. He's given guys opportunity uh, to make plays. He's uh, trusted his teammates. And uh, and, uh, this is going to be one of those years where he's really going to have to trust his teammates and everybody's going to have to be on the same page. The one thing that I do like – that the Patriots were able to do last year is they really added a run game to the mix. And uh, when you can run the ball and play action, that makes your quarterback more effective. Uh, I I agree in the aspect that this is going to be a challenging year, but uh, we're just so used to Brady uh, making do with whatever he has. And uh, he has been blessed to play with a great quarter, uh, with a great coach in in Belichick. But at the same time, uh, I think, that uh, he's a big part in that Belichick's legacy. You know, there's no doubt he is a big part in that Belichick legacy. Um, But Tom Brady this year has to be careful. You know what I mean? You know, one of the things that has haunted Tom Brady, not necessarily haunted him, but one of the faults that he has against him is that he has very quick feet when it comes to pressure. He does not like pressure. And if he can't have the pristine offense that he needs, I think he's going to probably get more pressure this year than he has had in the past. And if, and if, and if, and if Brady's not healthy, then, hey, maybe we'll have a chance to see their, their second-string quarterback, the kid Mallet from, um, from Arkansas. But not, not to wish any bad luck on Tom Brady. I really want to see him do well. I like Tom Brady. But we have to look at it, man. He's not, he's not getting any younger and he's never had the swiftest of feet at all. And now he has to sit in a pocket without his favorite receiver and probably two damaged tight ends because both of them had surgeries in the offseason. Well, well, you know, uh, he don't have the swiftest of feet. Uh, people say he get rattled uh, from the pass rush. But uh, let me ask you this. What quarterback likes to be hit? What quarterback likes to be pressured? And, uh, you know, speaking of pressure, uh, when you watch Tom Brady, uh, to be a guy that's not very athletic, if you watch how he navigates the pocket and uh, how he moves around the pocket and uh, he's constantly looking to make a play down the field, uh, you don't find many guys that's willing to do uh, what what he does. And uh, the one thing about it uh, – when when you see him fall, that's that clock in his head. He know how much time he has to throw the ball, and sometimes it might hurt him. But at the same time, you got you have to protect yourself. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that people really don't understand about this game. Uh, he's just so in tune to what's going on around him, and uh, when he's falling, he just realizes he realizes that that clock is going off. But hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back. Back after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, you know, speaking of Tom Brady, you know, he's going to be 36 years old, man, in August. And he's going to be starting his 15th season this year. You know, I, I understand he's, he's super Tom, Tom terrific and all of that. But when you look at it, man, we just don't have too many 38, 37-year-old quarterbacks in the league. So we're looking at the at the the downside of Tom Brady, you know. And I'd hate to see us uh, see see the Tom Brady where he's struggling to to beat Tom Brady. Didn't you say that about Peyton Manning last year? And he had one of the greatest careers of his uh, one of the greatest years of his uh, career. And I and if my memory serves me right, I want to say Peyton's a little older than Tom. And uh, Peyton was coming off of several uh, neck surgeries and all type of uh, injuries. Uh, is that correct, Dale? That is correct. But Peyton Manning seems to have gotten better players around um. him. Uh, you know, and may, maybe, <laughs> you know may, maybe, you, maybe you make a valid point. Hey, and let's talk about more quarterbacks, man. You know, Tony Romo and Jerry Jones, they're in the news again. You know, Jerry Jones says Tony Romo has a new contract now, and he's going to be – involved more in the game plan. He's going to be um, spending more time in the film room. I just don't understand this. I would think that the starting quarterback in the NFL is is already doing these things. Uh, 
I, I would agree with you, Daryl. Uh, I really feel that Jones want uh, Tony Romo to become like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and uh, Drew Brees, some of the guys that's uh, known to put in the work and uh, that are coaches on the field. Uh, you know, the big knock on uh, Tony Romo is that he hasn't really won uh, in the playoffs when it matter, and uh, that that's not the big knock. That is the big truth. Uh, Tony Romo has done nothing when it comes to uh, playoff time, and uh, he has been rewarded handsomely. Uh, he has put up uh, big numbers, but now it's time for Tony Romo to um, to win some games in the playoffs. And uh, I, I also feel that uh, the thing that will benefit Tony Romo more than anything is if his owner just focused on being the best owner he could be and stopped trying to be a GM and, uh, and, and doing – everything else you know uh i, I think the last time they really had a, G, a general manager was when uh, parcells was there and uh you know parcells is one of those guys if he's going to coach he's going to be able to go out and uh pick most of the guys that he's going to coach and uh, you know jerry jones he's a very strong personality and uh he, he likes to be in control and uh you know tony romo has benefited from that because uh i'm sure jerry jones look at tony romo uh with that with the mindset that, hey, I found this diamond in the rough. He's become a great NFL quarterback. But, uh, you know, the Cowboys are about winning championships. There's no more victories. And uh, Tony Romo should have been in the film room. He should have been studying. He should be the first guy at the building. He should be one of the last guys to leave. And uh, he got to get the guys more in tune to what's going on in Dallas. And he has to become a better leader than he is. You know, but I I, I guess, Sam, um, Tony Romo has – he he's he's failed as an NFL quarterback. You know, he's been a pretty good regular season quarterback. And then in the playoffs, he's looked horrible. I mean, turning the ball over in in, in horrific situations, um, not moving his team. Uh, he just has not been that Dallas Cowboy quarterback that we think about. We think about Roger Starback or or Danny White, when we think about these glory days, or, 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 or even when we think about um, um, Jimmy Johnson and, uh, and Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman, you know, those, he has not lived up to anything close to those quarterbacks of the Dallas Cowboys. So Jerry Jones can say what he wants, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure Jimmy Johnson didn't have to tell um, – Troy Aikman, hey, man, you need to come in here and be a part of the game plan or you need to spend more time in the film room. And I know Roger Starback or Danny White uh, were not told that by Tom Landry. Uh, no, they weren't, they weren't told that. But at the same time, man, you got um, you got to get guys around uh, Tony Romo. And uh, I, I really feel that uh, if, if his receiving core can stay healthy uh, – He's going to put up the numbers, but it's not about putting up the numbers. It's about winning in the postseason. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Patriots are 39-9 and nine in the last three seasons, but you're measured by what you do in the postseason. And, uh, you know, Tony Romo, he's been great in the regular season. Uh, he's underachieved in the postseason. Uh, he's making a lot of money, and then now it's time uh, – to reward the Cowboys with some victories in the playoffs. and But I hate to say this right now, if you look at the NFC, there are several teams that are way better than the Cowboys. You look at Seattle, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, you look at the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Giants, the Redskins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are 
the Cowboys got some work to do. Uh, yeah, they do. If, yeah. if they're going to contend in the NFC. You know, and Jerry Jones has made it clear that he wants to win a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl, before he dies. Before you he sells the Cowboys? <laughs> or, or, or sell the Cowboys, whichever one's come first. I don't know if anyone in the world can afford the Cowboys, though, but I'm sure someone has enough money to buy the Cowboys. It's going to cost, what, one point something billion dollars for sure? Hey, but, you know, I look at Jason Garrett, man. <clears throat> Who's going to be in Dallas longer? Romar Garrett. And I, I'd have to say Garrett because I think this is – I'd have to say Romo because I think this is Garrett's last go-round with the Cowboys. Well, you know the contract speaks for itself. You don't uh, reward a, uh, a quarterback with a $100 million contract and uh, figure he's only going to be there for a year. Uh, Jason Garrett, uh, he has compromised. He was the offensive coordinator. He called the plays. Uh, he said that he's open to um, giving those duties up. Uh, the jury's still out on that. But uh, at, at the end of the day, it's, a, it's about being productive and winning games. I really feel that the Cowboys are in one of the toughest divisions in football, uh, the NFC East with the Redskins, the Giants, and the, uh, and the Eagles. So that's just six tough games. And then depending on the schedule, what other divisions you draw, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, can they be successful? Can they win 10 games, 11 games? Yes, but it's going to take uh, Tony Romo to be uh, very successful. Uh, it's going to take their running backs being healthy and them playing solid defense. And uh, you never know how the ball is going to fall uh, once you blow the whistle. And, and that's true, man. You know, but, you know, um, moving on to the defensive side of the NFL, you know, Dwight Freeney just signed a contract this week, last week, with the San Diego Chargers. You know, he, he was a free agent for quite a while. Is it because people were afraid to take a chance on him, or do you think it was just a, a, a money issue? I really feel it was a money issue. You know, Freeney was uh, looking for something uh, on average of $6 million per year, and uh, in this case, uh, Melvin uh, Ingram suffered an ACL injury, the second-year defensive end for the Chargers, and it kind of um, – opened up that window for the uh, Chargers to go out and seek him to seek his services. And, uh, but the, but the one thing I question about this, uh, this signing is, is this the correct uh, fit? You know, Dwight Freeney, he's one of the best defensive ends to ever play the game. He's probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has over 100 sacks. He's been a, a great player in the National Football League, but uh, he also struggled last year uh, when the Colts uh, implemented a 3-4 system. Uh, he looked lost uh, a lot of the times on the field uh, playing that outside linebacker position. Uh, his production is steadily declining. He went from eight and a half sacks in uh, 2011 to five last year uh and you know he signed the two-year contract uh worth 8.75 million dollars a year uh 4.4 million dollar average but the thing is are the chargers going to be open and take advantage of freeney's uh unique skill set he uh has he has the ability to get to the quarterback and to be successful but we've seen him do that from the four three alignment from that defensive end with four down linemen not from the outside linebacker position and you know a lot of teams they call themselves three four teams but they play hybrid fronts and what i mean about hybrid fronts is they run some three four fronts and they also mix in some uh 
some four-man front. So uh, hopefully they're going to take advantage of Freeney and let him put his hand down and do what he do best, and that's get after the quarterback. And uh, when he's allowed to do that, he's very he has been very successful at getting the quarterback. You know, you know, and I wish Freeney well. And, um, you know, he's at the twilight of his career, and I'd love to see him play out there in San Diego for two more years with Phillip Rivers and, and that gang. Um, I think he can do some things out there in, in San Diego. I mean, you, you're talking about just the class act. I had the opportunity to play a year with Freeney in Indianapolis, and uh, you're talking about just one of the true professionals in this game. But, hey, uh, moving along, man, tomorrow they're going to announce the site of Super Bowl 50 and Super Bowl 51. Uh, some of the leading uh, cities to get that Super Bowl is Santa Clara. You know San Francisco 49ers. They're, build, they're building a billion-dollar facility, and uh, they're one of the um, leading spots to get Super Bowl 50. And uh, I also think Houston's going to be in the mix for uh, either 50 or 51. Uh, you know, the, the tax bill that was shot down in the state of Florida. It really hurt our chances in Miami of landing Super Bowl 50, which is a big deal. You know, I, I, I'm not in favor of taxpayers buying stadiums. Now, you know, these teams are worth too much money. If Jerry Jones can spend a billion dollars on his, on his own stadium, and he probably got some tax breaks. From Jerry taxes. didn't spend a billion now. He didn't well, he, spend a billion. He got he some got, breaks. He got some breaks, I'm sure. But he came out of pocket with a lot of money. You know, these people, you know, like it, in, in Miami, some people say, well, that stadium is old. Well, hey, it's not nearly as old as Lambeau Field. Come on. You know, and, and I enjoy the games when I go down there for that stadium. So I think it's, it's still a worthy stadium of a Super Bowl. Now, now I don't um, – now, I don't think that Miami wanted to – the taxpayers to pay I know. per se for their stadium. They were willing to put in money. I, I, I just really feel that uh, most of these cities, you know, uh, they're, they're up against the gun because if, if these owners don't get what they want in some aspects, if they're going to be losing money, what's the – What's the lure of keeping the team in the city? You know, uh, times are changing. Stadiums are getting bigger and better. And, uh, you know, you you have to upgrade. And you're, you're talking about not just uh, a loss for the owner. You're talking about all of the money that the Super Bowl brings in. You're talking about the, the tourism, everything. It's well, not just about, you know, you're going to make that money back in most cases. And Miami is one of the hottest destinations when you're talking about Super Bowl cities. Everybody yeah, wants to be in South Florida. so Everybody you know. wants to be down there for the Super Bowl, Sam, I agree. But the, but the state of Florida and Miami especially got burned with stadiums already. You know, we, we built a baseball stadium in, in Tampa. They got that, burned that, with the that has, a, that has a roof over it. Why would you build a baseball stadium in a dome in the state of Florida? That makes no sense. So nobody goes to see the Tampa Bay Rays. And then the Miami Marlins tricked us into building them a new stadium, thinking that we were going to have some great players here. And what do they do? We build them a new stadium, and then they trade all of the players. And now we have one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. So, hey, I just can't see us building too many more stadiums in the state of Florida because when you look around, around the United States, we probably have some of the newest stadiums in, in, the, in the United States. You know, the Marlins got a new stadium. Tampa Bay Devil Rays haven't been in, in baseball at no, no more than about 12 or 14 years. They have a stadium. 
Uh, and they and they're projected to get a new stadium sometime soon. Um, um, Miami, that stadium was was bought by um, the former Dolphin owner uh, Joe Robbie. It was called Joe Robbie Stadium for a long time. Then the city took over, and then the county took over. So hey, man, I, I'm not in favor of us buying these stadiums when we were, when when these guys own football teams and professional teams. They own them as hobbies. That's not even really how they make their money. I really feel that this is going to, um, the, well, the relationship is already, uh, it's it, it strained. And uh, I, I just really feel that uh, this is this cost Miami a chance to get the Super Bowl. And uh, just depending on the outcome of how things shake out, I wouldn't even be surprised if Mr. Ross decides he's going to sell the Dolphins or or even look at relocation. And uh, now uh, you hate to say relocate, but at the same time, if there's another city that's willing to bend over backwards and give you all the the breaks at the end of the day is business and the city and Miami has made a business decision that they're not going to support. I'm not going to say Miami made it. The governor, the state, made, the, the state made a decision that they're not going to even bring it to ballot. And, uh, and, and that, I think that's the one thing that kind of, um, ticked the dolphins off is that they didn't mind it being voted down. <clears throat> Sam, let me ask you a question. If, if the dolphins were, <clears throat> if the Dolphins were twelve and four, last two years, and last two years they they've gone to the playoffs and and won games in the playoffs, do you? If and if the Dolphins had won the AFC championship uh, for the last two years, do you think we'd be talking about them getting a new stadium or upgrades in their stadium? Man, the stadium is half full now. I do so, think I do think we'll be talking about it, and I we think wouldn't. I think they're being penalized because of the Dillons of the Marlins. Fool me once, shame on me. I mean, I I really feel the Marlins cost the Dolphins the opportunity to get their upgrades. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, the Marlins, they got a new stadium, state-of-the-art stadium. Uh, they brought in all of this talent. They told uh, um, the, the city of Miami that, hey, we're going to invest in the team. And once they get what they want, they get all of these tax breaks, and then they have a fire sale. So I really feel that the Dillons of the Marlins had something to do with this, and the state decided that, hey, we're not going to even allow the – the, the voters to vote on on this matter. We are not going to do it. And I don't really feel that the Dolphins are upset with the fans. They're upset more so that they didn't even have an opportunity. If, now, if they would have been allowed to vote and they shot it down, then I think the Dolphins would have been okay with that. It's just the fact that they are not allowed to bring it to the ballot. And I think that that sits that uh, rub the ownership the wrong way. And again, like I said, when another city ponies up, it's, yeah. it's business. At the end of the day, it's business. Yeah, it is business, Sam, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think the city of Miami, and I'll even, give, I'll even give Tampa a little credit too. These are Super Bowl cities. People are not going to go to Memphis to watch a Super Bowl. People, people really don't want to go to... Um, 
But now you're uh, talking about Santa Clara. They don't want to play in Jacksonville. You're, you're talking about Santa Clara. We're not talking Jacksonville. That, yeah, that, that's small potatoes. We're talking Santa Clara, billion-dollar stadium. You're talking about Houston. You're talking about cities that have state-of-the-art uh, stadiums. And they have, they have warm weather just like Miami do. Now, it, now do they bring all of the lifestyle that South Beach bring? Uh, probably not, but at the same time, they can offer you the weather. They can offer you a better stadium. And hey, man, it's about putting on the good show. And uh, you know, I really feel that that's going to hurt Miami in the next couple of years when it comes I, to picking I'll Super say Bowl this, location. In the, in the next ten years, Miami will have a Super Bowl. One of the Super Bowls will come to my. One of the Super Bowls will come to Florida within the next ten years. Hey, man, that's safe. To you know, say. and and I think this year's Super Bowl in New York. It's probably going to be a disaster, and no one's going to want to be in, in New York in in in, uh, in February for the Super Bowl at an outdoor stadium. Come on, man. Hey, uh, moving along, man. The Seattle Seahawks six suspensions in the last two years for positive drug tests. Uh, you know, the image-wise. This is just this is not a good look. Uh, you know, Rich, Richard Sherman had his test overthrown, but uh, you know that's a that's a lot of mistakes. And uh, you know, Pete Carroll, the general manager, they're going to have to pretty much uh, they're going to have to draft some Saints man in this upcoming draft, uh, and they're going to have to let people know that uh, this is this is a serious matter. You know, six, it, not it, it, one, not two, but six. Yeah, I, I I agree, Sam. This this does have to have to be brought to the forefront. And you know, Pete Pete Carroll has not always had he he's never really had a clean slate. And you know, I I remember Pete Carroll coaching for the Jets way back when, and uh, Pete Carroll one of the first people I ever saw do the choke sign uh, when a guy missed a field goal in overtime. But it, you know, he's never really had a the image of the guy that really is concerned about the lifestyle of people. He seems to be about winning. He wants to win at all costs, you know. So this doesn't surprise me that, that this, this, this follows his team. This is the same guy that left USC dirty, 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 dirty. Man, I, Pete Carroll don't have anything to do with his guys taking banned substances. My point is that he's not saying, "Hey, don't take him." Uh, you know, he, he he you know, and and we have to realize too, this Sam, that that these I guys are always looking for I can't speak, on that, I can't speak on that because I'm not there, so it, it's hard to say what he's telling them, what he's not telling them. But I do know the NFL; they put out enough information where, regardless of if uh, Pete Carroll's telling them that or not. The NFL puts out enough information where guys know what's banned and what's not banned. And uh, there, there's numbers and hotlines that they can call if they're not sure or something. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're the ones who've been penalized. Pete Carroll's paycheck is not being, uh, not being held or he, he's not being punished for, uh, for felon drug tests. So at the end of the day, they're the one they're responsible for themselves. You know, man, and these guys do want to push the limits as far as they can. You know, they want to get away with as much as they can, and they want to try and get away with as much as they can. So, you know, and, and, and you, you're, you're totally right. You know, 
Pete Carroll's not the person that's injecting. He's not a person that's swallowing. He's not the person that's putting on the clear cream. He he's is not the, the one that's losing his paycheck when he's suspended for four games. You're right. You're so, right. so regardless of what Pete Carroll's telling them, if Pete Carroll tells them to go on a bridge and jump, you know, hey, all they can do is and, to get and, the information. And the, the NFL gives you enough information, regardless of what Pete Carroll or the Seattle Seahawks uh, give them. The NFL has enough information out there where guys should know what to take and what not to take. Now, in some cases, yeah, are guys going to uh, mistakenly take something? Yes. But uh, I don't care if it's Pete Carroll. I don't care if it's Bill Belichick, if it's Bill Parcells. It's just not a good look when you have six failed tests from the same organization in two years. Well, Sam, let me ask you a question. Because it is so many, do you think that – Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks are being watched a little bit harder than maybe some other teams, or you, do you think this is this is not a coincidence? I, I don't think that the Seattle Seahawks are no different than any other team. Uh, you know, the NFL they administer random drug tests, and uh, and every team has to ab- abide by those tests. And uh, players from every team are randomly tested, so. Uh, it's just the guys are making bad decisions and guys are being penalized and they're paying a, they're paying a heavy price. They're being suspended for four games uh, when they fail these tests. Uh, the, the one thing uh, to me is just uh, a lack of judgment on the players' part uh, for the Seattle Seahawks because when you really think about it, how many guys have to make the same mistake before that light comes on? and say, hey, I'm, if I'm not sure about this, I'm going to have to get it checked out. I'm going to call. I'm going to follow the protocol and get it checked out. I mean, now, if this is the first case, I can see. But if you're the sixth guy, you have five examples before you, and you still make the same mistake, come on. I, I agree. You know? And, hey, man, and, and Sam, I, I truly believe, that some guys actually think they cannot play at that level unless they are stimulated on something or they're actually um, taking something to enhance their, enhance their abilities. And once you start taking them and you start, you know, if, if you're taking them and you make the squad, you really feel like you have to take them. Hey, Daryl, how do you feel about uh, moving along in Tampa Bay? Uh, you know, Mike Schiano. Uh, he said that there will be no quarterback controversy. Uh, Mike Freeman is his quarterback, but he recently came out and said that a uh, former North Carolina State quarterback, Mike Gleenan, has a fair shot at winning the starting quarterback drop. How do you feel about that? Hey, man, I, 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 that, that just doesn't sound right. You know, because when you look at Freeman and what he's done for this team, and his short career in Tampa Bay, I don't think this young man needs any kind of pressure at all. You know, it, it, he, he doesn't need any, any, anyone to look over his shoulder. He doesn't need anybody to, to say, hey, man, um, this job is not quite yours yet. You know, he needs to know coming in that his, it's his job because for the last two years, he, he's done some serious work in Tampa, man, serious work. Well, uh, I think he took a step back last year. You know, he had the 10-6 and season uh, where they didn't make the playoffs last year. In my opinion, he took a step back. And uh, I I don't know if I agree 
uh, with he don't need pressure. Uh, if you're about to make the type of investment that he's looking for them to make in him, uh, you want to make sure that he's a young man that's going to be able to perform uh, in pressure situations, whether there's someone uh, looking to take his job or not. And, uh, you know, this is a big year for him. This is a contract year. Uh, they drafted a third-round quarterback and his possible replacement. So uh, what I'm looking for is, is a, a focused Mike Freeman, uh, a Mike Freeman that's, uh, that's lost some weight, that's, that's lean, that's throwing the ball. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a, a guy that has one of the best arms in all of football. And, uh, you know, you just want to see him make the plays and uh, not try to force throws and uh, see if he's capable of leading his franchise. And uh, if he go out and have the type of year he's capable of having, he will be uh, rewarded. If not, uh, there's a great chance he's going to get a pink slip. Well, you know what, Sam, him being such a young quarterback, and I think this is one of those, one of those moves about money. You know, I, I think they really want to see how much pressure they can put on him, see how well he does this year, because he is coming up on a contract year, and he should be, and he should be expecting to make a, 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 a big-time big time contract. And uh, I just hate to see them play these mind games with this young man, because if he doesn't make it here, it'll set him back a couple million, but whoever he signs with it after he leaves Tampa Bay, they're going to get a really quali- a good quality quarterback and someone that's going to help them. It wouldn't surprise me to see this young man in the Super Bowl someday. And I meant Josh Freeman, not Josh Freeman. Freeman. Yes. Yeah, Josh Freeman uh, for the Buccaneers. You know, hey, uh, it, it's hard to find a franchise quarterback. And, uh, you know, the main thing for, uh, for Josh is to stay healthy uh, if, if he's productive regardless of if he's in Tampa or not, someone is going to reward him handsomely. And, uh, you know, he's not a Shiano guy. So, uh, you know, that has something to do with it also. But, uh, you know, those are things that you can't control. All you can control is the reps you're going to, um, you're receiving. And, uh, I, I really feel that I wouldn't be surprised to be honest, Daryl, if, if he's cut after the preseason because, uh, Josh say, Freeman. Yes. They say this they're, year. They say that the word is is that uh, they're giving the uh, rookie quarterback all of the reps. They're trying to get him ready. So, uh, you know, again, he's not a Shiano guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded or cut. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's business. He'd have to be traded. And, and Sam, we look at, like, the top-level quarterback. He could be cut, too, because he's on his rookie contract. I know. And, and I think that's what I'm saying. It's about money with him. They don't want to pay him the big contract because next year they're going to have to pay him some serious money. And, and, and Josh Freeman is a, is a top quality quarterback in this league. I'm not saying he's at the Brady, Brady Peyton Manning level. He might not be RG three right now, but he's not far below that level of quarterback. He's not at the bottom of the, of the, of the quarterback list in the NFL. Not even close. I, I really feel he's uh, middle of the pack. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, he's young, man. He's he's twenty, he's twenty five or younger. So uh, you know that that's really something that's working in his benefit. He's a guy that you can have for the next ten years. You can have your franchise quarterback. But the oh, one thing sure. is, the man that he has to impress, uh, is Shiano. He he's not really sold on him. Hey, well, you know, and Shiano's he 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 has come across. Um, in the past as a 
you know, a hands-on kind of guy. You know, he either likes you or he don't like you. You know, so it doesn't surprise me that that he that Josh Freeman may be in his doghouse a little bit. But if he's in if he's in his doghouse, trust me, he will be in someone else's pit house because he's that good of a quarterback. And man, he has a big arm. Uh, and you know, last year they went out and got him a weapon, and uh, they got Vincent Jackson. Uh, they have a nice young uh, tailback. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It is going to be interesting, man. Hey, I but, wouldn't uh, be surprised if he's cut, though. You heard you it know, here first. Uh, <laughs> Josh Freeman will not be cut. You heard it here. Cut hey, or uh, traded, man. I'm telling you. I, I can see traded, maybe. Go ahead. We're waiting on you. Moving along, Darrell. Moving along. We're moving. Yeah. Well, hey, um, Sam. When we look at um, uh, Charles Woodson, he's a, he's a veteran who's still looking for a job. You know, the Oakland Raiders met with him on Tuesday, but he still has not had a con- He does not have a contract. You know, this is one of your former teammates. Man, I tell you, uh, he's a, one of those big-time veterans that are out there, and uh, I, I really feel that uh, he's close. Uh, he visited the Broncos. Uh, I really feel that uh, Denver's a, a great fit for him. But uh, also, there's talks out of Detroit that uh, he's not uh, he's not opposed to signing with the Detroit Lions. He made a statement that the Lions have always had talent. They just haven't been able to put it together. But, you know, it, it has to make sense financially. He also mentioned that, uh, you know, Charles is a guy that's uh, very financially secure. Uh, he wants to play football. Uh, he has a couple teams that are interested in his services that have offered him uh a contract, so uh, he, he do have options. Before he said that he only wanted to play for a contender, but now he's willing. Uh, he just wants to play football. Um, I, I really feel uh, that he'll be a great asset for any team in the National Football League. Uh, uh, and uh, the the Denver the Denver situation makes more sense if he's trying to win a Super Bowl. If he's trying to squeeze every penny out of a team, uh, then uh, he might end up back in Oakland. Well, you know, Charles Woodson, uh, Hall of Famer for sure. And um, I, I really think he can still play it, play at a high level in the NFL. And it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he winds up back in Oakland. I'd like to see him in an Oakland Raider uniform. Uh, hey, man, it, at, at this point in your career, to me, I would be trying to win another Super Bowl. Uh, if, I, if I can play for a contender, uh, I, I would hope – try to make things work uh, with Denver. Uh, if not, I would probably go to the highest bidder, man, if, I, if I'm not signing with the contender. But uh, Charles is going to be all right, uh, regardless if he signs with Denver, Oakland, or if he never plays another snap, he's going to Canton. Hey, Daryl, sure. how, how about them NBA playoffs, man? You know, the Indiana Pacers knocked out the Knicks. Uh, they have a very tough matchup with the Miami Heat. Uh, start Wednesday night. Uh, what is your take on uh, the Pacers Knicks series and uh, the Pacers uh, Heat? You know, man, I, I think the Pacers and the Heat. I think the Pacers will um, will take it six games. I really do. I think the so Indiana Pacers will take it six games, man. So you're picking the Pacers to knock off the Heat? Wow, that's a big time statement. Uh, I, I really feel that the Pacers are gonna. Um, they're gonna 
I don't know if they're going to beat the Heat. I really feel that they're going to push the Miami Heat. And uh, I, I really feel that they're going to um, get them nice and ripe for the upset in the, um, in the NBA Finals. Uh, I, I really like the... Um, uh, I think I like the heat in this, but I, the Pacers do present some challenges uh, in this matchup. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs started the Western Conference Finals yesterday with a 22-point victory over uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, what are your thoughts from that game, and uh, who do you like in this series? And I, I told you earlier I like San Antonio to play for the uh, NBA championship against the Heat. But uh, I really thought that the uh, Memphis Grizzlies were – they they didn't they looked like they didn't belong in the in the uh, Western Conference Championship game and uh, Western Conference Championship Series and and I just hope they can start playing like they belong so at least we can see six games out of this series. I don't think that that was a true indication uh, yesterday of uh, what was going on uh, with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. I, I really feel that they're going to put on a better show, and I really feel that this series is going to go seven games. I, I kind of like Memphis to pull off the upset. I like Memphis to take the whole thing if they can get past the Spurs. Man, if they get past the Spurs, I'm really pulling for them hard to beat the Miami Heat. I, I really like Memphis as a team. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.